Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, the high school football playoffs finally got going. And, uh, you know, we talk about it from August on, on who's going to make the playoffs and who's not. So it's nice to finally get it going and get teams out there. Um, the team, you know, spoiler alert to this conversation for anybody listening that didn't keep up with it. We only got one team moving forward, and that's Riverheads. That was the game uh, radio was at, the game I was at, and uh, that was just the, you know, example that Joe Deck needs of why the uh, seven and eight seeds don't need to continue playing football in these regions because Riverheads just came out and absolutely slammed Madison. They fumbled on their first snap of the game, and pretty much everything like that, everything went like that after that. Yeah, I mean – <laughs> I, I, it was 69 to 14 because Riverheads felt bad. Um, it could have been a hundred and it could have, they could have put up a hundred points probably. Good to know Madison starters, to. they're starting first team quarterback from the Bull Run district and his starting receivers that were first team uh, uh, receivers. They're better than Riverheads JV's kids. We'll give them that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, oh. was that also because the JV kids were were told calm down, like don't I don't don't make yeah, these kids I, feel bad? Like I, it I was don't two twenty nine yard passes. Those fourteen points were two twenty nine yard passes in the fourth quarter against the third team from Riverheads, and it's fine. It, it's it, it really doesn't matter. It's fine. Uh, the JV kids were still scoring on Madison. I mean, there was two or three touchdowns from Riverheads that were JV. So they, so then they weren't better than the JV kids because they got outscored 21 to 14, (laughs) which is, which goes to my point of the go show tailgate show on Riverheads. Good Madison County could have picked the 22 kids for Riverheads that they wanted to play. And they still would have lost like that. We don't need seven and eight, seven and eight in large part. Now there were some seven and eights around the state. that got upsets and I'm not saying it never happens, but in large part, seven and eight are not worthy of, being in the playoffs more years than not. one two seed lose. That's the only one that stuck out to me. But uh, judging from Hatfield, I didn't. I didn't go around to all the scores. But judging from Hatfield, yeah. there were apparently a handful. Um, I don't okay. know what his definition of a handful is, but I, I assume that's like maybe two or three. Yeah. I, I don't. We don't need to see it in large part, and, and that's my point. And yeah. and last week saying that and banging on that drum more times than not. Our eight, our seven seeds. Sorry, Buffalo Gap did better than I thought, but I mean, it was still a game where they, they didn't really factor yeah, in the decision. You lose by that much and you don't have much to say. I mean, they were around at halftime, but not much after that. Uh, the, the highlight from the Reds game, the reason I just wanted to bring it up first, can go cash. He's had many great games in his career. <laughs> this statistically might've been his best with six touchdowns, four offensively rushing the football, two defensive scores, all uh, all those defensive ones in the first half. Um, he picked a pass. He picked a pass off, took to the house, fifty five yards out, and then from like twenty three yards out, sacked the quarterback, got up on top of him, picked up the football, and then ran it to the end zone. It was it was one of the best plays he's had in his career. Just one of those highlight plays. And so yeah, it, it was Caden's night. Um, good to see for him. He hit eighty nine touchdowns on the season which Riverheads means something because people probably look at a plaque in the school where it has Logan Moore with 89 touchdowns. Now those were rushing touchdowns. And so Caden has 80 rushing touchdowns, 89 overall. 
I imagine he's going to probably break the record for most touchdowns scored. I'm not, I'm going to find out what that number is hopefully this week. Um, I, we'll see if he gets to the rushing one. I, the more games Riverheads can play in the playoffs, the more chance he'll be able to do that. Um, you know, it's just cementing, you know, what we talked about last week when he got his offer from UVA and, uh, you know, plenty of more talk with about offers out there. Um, you know, he's, he's one of, if not the best player to come through Riverheads. Um, there's no conversation about the best football player to come through Riverheads without mentioning him. And it'll be that way forever. Like he's just, he's different. And it was something we spotted when he was a freshman and he's, he's lived up to that and he's kept getting actually better. So uh, it was his night and uh, you know, Riverheads will take any six touchdown nights they can get out of any player, especially the best player on the football field. Yeah. Uh, he's a special player. It's why he's getting D one offers and he's, yep. he's garnering that attention. So the game that we thought was going to be the most interesting was the Strasburg Fort Defiance game. Fort goes up there and through a quarter early in the second quarter, it is the most interesting. It's a 14, 14 game. Fort scored first on a, um, a pass into the flats and Will Jones takes it to the house. Uh, then they give up two rushing touchdowns, but then Fort fires back with a passing touchdown um, between uh, Miller and Armantrout. But then that was it for scoring for Fort Defiance. And it was not it for scoring for Strasburg as their rushing game, you know, wore Fort down. Uh, they had three rushers go over or right around 100 yards and over. Um, so it, it was Strasburg just kind of flexing that tough run first style that we knew they were going to play, that we thought Fort Defiance would be able to handle. And it just didn't go the way they had hoped, how we had hoped. And uh, their season comes to an end. But a, a good season. I know we'll circle back to a good season. Um, but, you know, did lose this game. And 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 the bull run estab- reestablished themselves. And it was never, I don't think, in question. But, you know, three bull run teams left in the playoffs. Again, a spoiler alert for what we're going to talk about with draft. Uh, and only one Shenandoah district team. It, it just, you know, reestablishes that point that the bull run was stronger than Shenandoah this year. And, uh, and that's that. Yeah, that was kind of the f- the fear coming in, right? And I kind of preached yeah. that in the beginning of half the season. And then once we figured out, hey, Allegheny's better, and, you know, TA yeah. is kind of a class above everybody in the area. Well, almost a class above everybody in the area. Um, then, okay, maybe maybe the Shindua District is good. Maybe these teams are starting to get better at the right time of the season. But I think this game, as you said, kind of reinforced the Shindua District just wasn't as good as the bull run district this year. Uh, and that's a fact um, Fort yeah. hung in this game early, but we, we talked about it. if Fort was going to have success in this game, they had to stop the running attack. And when you have three guys over a hundred yards, it gets real hard to do that. So yeah. um, it's a tough break for Fort defiance next year. You would expect to see them building on that again. They're going to bring back a lot yeah. of those weapons. They do lose some, but they're going to bring back a lot. And, and again, kind of like this year, where I said, I kind of need to see it from Ford. I, I need to stop hearing about how young this team is and see the step yeah, forward. We saw, it. Yeah. we saw the step forward, but now as seniors, you kind of expect to see another <laughs> step. Expectations. That's what's coming. And and the last time we saw a team, you know, step up one year and go into the next season with expectations, Waynesboro fell flat on their face. I don't expect that from Fort Defiance whatsoever. Um, you know, it's going to be an interesting you know, as we talk about those pieces, Trey Miller, Heb, Armin Trout, all back on the offensive side, all first team district. On the defensive side, some good pieces with Carter Berry and Jackson Michael, both linebackers that Rolf liked coming into the season. Also another linebacker, Zane Sayer coming back. So a lot, a lot to deal with on the defense, even that I think they would if they looked at two sides of the ball, I think we can if we can have the same offense and better defense, 
what can we do with that? And I think it's legitimate to, to have those hopes and, uh, and see if you can get better on offense, but you know, deal with that from there. But the way their uh, schedule is going to lay out with those three tough games up front, you know, if they win one of those three, then it's on, you know, they, the message sent, uh, it's going to set them better with PowerPoints. Um, they're going to be the favorites in the last seven games they have after the Riverheads game. They would be the favorites in any of those games. They beat them all this year. And if they can knock off a TA, Allegheny, or Riverheads up front, it's just going to help establish that. So they're going to live with expectations. They're, they're going to be the hunted, not the hunter next year. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's it's nice change for that program that's, you know, been in that swollen, you know, just – 0 and 10, 1 and 9 seasons and just not making play. And now you got playoffs and 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 it's not all gone this year. You're not losing it all. And that's what how it sometimes happens. Everybody's a senior. Lose it all. Nope. They got a lot coming back. It's gonna be fun. It is. And again, you know, we're talking about Fort needing to take that next step. And there are teams that I think are gonna be better than they were last year and next year too. So it's gonna be sure. trying to save those yeah, guys off. Tough. You know, the Wilsons, the drafts, keeping those teams behind them, which is gonna yeah. be tough. And and part of the game it so is that's how, how it goes it yeah. is how it goes riverheads is going to be tough no matter who's there or who's not on the roster but again I, I think if you're fort what you saw was you you battled riverheads this year you're hoping maybe to battle them more and maybe even shock the world a little bit get into that uh game and maybe try to shock the world and win it um be at fort too, so. it will be at fort um so we'll see what happens there but i, I think Fort defiance fans i know the the early exit, and we said, you know, we're guilty of this a little bit, saying we thought they could beat anybody in the district on any given night. And maybe it certainly not last Friday. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, it's still it's still an OK season for them. A lot to be happy about. There yeah, is a lot I, to be happy okay. about. Preseason, pre-season yeah. I, I think I had them somewhere in the five and five, six and four range, and they they outperformed yeah. that. So that's good. Um I, I do say coming, you know, just raw without looking and seeing who comes out for teams and who doesn't and who moves and who doesn't and all that. I, I don't know if I like them in any of those matchups next year that they lost. I think those seven first three. Yeah, I think yeah, seven I don't know about three. Allegheny is going to be the first one I'm going to grab a hold of just because I didn't yeah. think they're going to be great this year. We'll have to see what they bring back. Yeah, TA is still going to have a lot of talent. Riverheads right. just continues. Everything. So I, I hear you, but you go into those games – no, I think seven and three this year. Yeah, no seven and three battle. is it maybe the ceiling, but also maybe the floor, if if that makes sense. That you don't want to be worse than seven and three. Um, yeah, yeah. It it just be it'd be cool. It would help Fort Defiance of the rest of the districts a little bit better, and they win some non district games. So powerpoints at seven and three can maybe give them a home game and, and give them a better chance to win a playoff game. And, but that's the thing, like right? That. And that's the part that I think a lot of folks maybe forgot. Maybe us included when we were looking back and saying, you know, oh, maybe Fort can win and maybe Fort can do this and maybe Fort can do that. Uh, just remembering, like, they played a lot of Shenandoah district teams. Shenandoah district teams had what three non district wins this year? It was not. Three. It was not a lot. It, I mean, it was maybe more than three, but it wasn't a lot. And yeah, that 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 shook out in the powerpoints. Um, it's just not good. So. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping the Shandoa district is better next year. Yeah. So the other one I've alluded to twice now already search draft, they lose, uh, they go up to central. I think we predicted that one pretty well. Uh, you know, central's good. And, and I think, uh, I'm not looking forward to 
you know, Riverhead's the only team left that can play them. And it's not like I'm saying, oh, that's an easy win for Riverheads. I think that's going to be tough. And and so Surge Draft was behind the eight ball. Um, you know, it was hard to come up with the game plan of what we've seen Draft do this year that would result them in having a victory. It's just what we've seen them do wasn't going to be good enough to beat Central. I think we saw that on Friday night. Uh, you know, they were down 34 nothing. They hung around in the first half, but if they don't have the mistakes, which we saw this season, mm. uh, they they probably could have scored and been in it. They they op- they fumbled their opening kickoff. They fumbled the ball at the one yard line later in the half. Um, they had their opportunities in the first half to really be in this game, but you know, when you're not, you know, you're still down two scores at halftime. It all just slips away from you in the second half, and, and the better team, you know, puts them away. Uh, draft does score late with a more touchdown uh, that Derek Morkett, who I actually really liked when I saw him. I think I, when we talk about bright spots for Stewart's draft, we can transition this conversation that way. You know, this is a team I think will be better next year. I think this was their rebuilding year uh, in a sense. I don't know if they're planning for it to be their rebuilding year, uh, but it ended up being with so many new guys on the roster and especially on that defensive side of the ball. They'll depend on those guys to have aged and 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 gotten better this year. And I think at moments we saw Stewart's draft look better and and you know enough to where when they played Wilson we thought they might beat Wilson and they they didn't. So I think the games are out there for draft that you can say okay let's see if we can reverse this one uh, early. Maybe look at like the Keen William game if um, if draft is where they want to be they should contend in that game. They contended last year, so you know see if you can flip that one point loss. Uh, the Wilson game comes to mind quickly. So. You know, you see if they can get better. And with a young Baylor Graber this year getting to be a sophomore next year, you got a senior quarterback coming back, his brother Landon. The more kid that I just talked about, plenty of pieces on defense. I think there's a good reason to, uh, you know, put your head down for losing on Friday, but then pick it back up and have something to be working for in the offseason, thinking they're going to be better next year. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like this I mean, year was maybe it. A- that's the hope hope, that's the hope i'm just saying this was a down year for king william and that wasn't a win that's not good yeah but if if draft gets better and king williams i I, king william proved to be better by the end of the year i I was gonna say that's the other problem right king william got better as the year went on i don't know if we can say the same about sewers draft i think uh losing to wilson is not getting better too and we're like uh oh losing to wilson losing to wilson at the end of the year is not improving if they're improving, they win that good, game. That wasn't a good sign. So we'll have to see what they can do. But, I, you know, I think in the offseason, they're going to look at opportunities. And, you know, I, with the amount of talent that Baylor Graber has, you know what that can do to help a team build it behind him. If he's a strong leader as a young guy, too, that can really help. But what are you going to um, do? What are you going to do when a defense puts 10 guys in the box? Yeah, they got it. That's my answer. That's my answer if I'm playing Stewart's draft. If I have a defense. Yeah, if I have a defense that. It is big and capable of plugging up holes. I'm going to put 10 guys in the box and say, I dare you to throw it. And so far, Stewart's draft hasn't done that. So that that's my apprehension on hope for Stewart's draft. Do they have the talent? Absolutely. Yeah. Do they, do they use it? On yeah. The season. yeah. Do they use right. it? I don't know. Yeah, and, and I know when I when I try to talk at the same time as you, I don't know what's going through. Landon Graber threw for 33% this year. That's got to improve. Like, right there, if, if he's throwing better than 50%, that's going to give him an opportunity to just have those plays. And I think if he's throwing better than 50%, they probably throw it more than 55, 57 times on the season. 
in so, his defense, you know, all that put together, I think could open up that offense. They won't have the L bell kid. Who's a really good receiver back. Yep. They used him more as a sophomore and junior than they used him as a senior. Well, you know, what other weapon can they have other than just Baylor Graber? And I mean, that's your point. I agree with it. I think Derek Moore is one of those answers. I really like him. He's a sophomore this year, so he's going to have the long run with him here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think there's reason for optimism there, but you're going to want to see it early and you're going to want to see an improvement at Landon Graber. We've seen previous quarterbacks at Stewart's draft really improve. I do think that was with a different offensive coordinator. So I just want to see that, you know, reestablish itself with the staff in hand. So that's, that's the thing. I don't even, it's not Isaiah Albell got worse as a junior and senior. It's no, not that Landon Graber player. has gotten worse as a junior and sophomore. I, I think they're not putting him in successful situations. I don't think you go from the kind of quarterback that Landon Graber was as a freshman to sophomore and junior seasons where the playbook has drastically changed. And I don't think that's on Landon Graber. I, I think He's when you the ball so much more, I think when you roll him out to the wrong side yeah. and ask him to throw the ball across his body all the way down the field, or even when you roll him out to the correct side and your only pass play is a go route. I think yeah. that's just not very successful. I think you're going to throw 30, 33% in high school, unless you have a D one quarterback. And that's not saying Landon Graber's a terrible kid and a terrible quarterback at the high school level if he's not a D1 quarterback. It's just saying you need to get you need to set him up in successful situations. I don't think Stewart Draft did that a lot. And and that's my concern going forward that unless they bring a new offensive system in, not saying they have to get rid of a staff member to do that, but you gotta bring in something else other than chuck and pray on pass plays and we we throw it, you know. It, on yeah. a good night, we throw it five times a game. yards or zero yards. Yeah, like, I, I don't like the middle. screen and the, yeah, there's a whole middle of the field that never gets used. Um, I think that would really help Graber. I think that would help more next year. I think that would help, that would have helped this year when you have a guy like Isaiah Albell, but they, for whatever reason, they didn't want to do that. And I think that's, that's my fear for Stewart's draft in the future. We'll see what they get. Uh, Buffalo Gap, their season came to end. They lose uh, 41-26. I don't have a lot of stats from that game. They played in the black hole that is uh, southern middle Virginia. Um, but they lose to Brunswick. You know, they're what I want to see from there. When I you know, when I have my conversations with guys out in, the, out in the county that, you know, sons play or know the guys that are on the team, you know, I, it seems like Buffalo Gap in the offseason at some point always, like, selects their quarterback. And, and whether it was the quarterback last year – or a kid off the baseball team, they need to lock in because I don't want to see next year passes being thrown by three different guys, maybe not even two different guys. I want to see him commit to Jude Loke. I want to see him commit to Walker Thompson, one of the two there, and, and roll forward with him because they need that passing game at Buffalo Gap to open up that running game. And, I, you know, you, you, people might listen and think, oh, we're hard on Buffalo Gap about them needing a passer. No, all schools need it. I know Riverheads doesn't throw the ball very much, but when they do, they throw over 50%. They throw touchdown passes. Central, the same thing. They don't throw the ball much. So that mold is what you need to be working towards. So I, I want to see Buffalo Gap commit to one of these young athletes at the quarterback position and then probably let the other one run the ball. You know, like let's get things sorted out, get the athletes on the field and go forward. I think Colby Ego is a, a solid running back. He fought injury this year. I think it's going to be really handy to have him back as a senior. Um, so I do think they have their weapons to improve on one win. Whether they do it or not, we will see. But I, I just don't think it happens without kind of committing in the offseason the way we've seen them do in the past to which lane are we going to do this in. And, and so I, I want to hear about that, uh, you know, next July, not, you know, wait till September and see it not happen. Yeah, I mean, this is going to, it would just be a broken record to say what I think 
Buffalo got means to do next year, it'd be the same thing as Stewart's draft. I think as good yeah. as Riverheads is for this area in terms of seeing what it takes to win state championships and, and seeing that, I, I think it's some some folks take the wrong message of that's the only way you can win state championships. It's absolutely not. And unless you have the kind of line play and the kind of discipline that Riverheads and Central have, it's not going to work that way. You're not, you don't run a military academy offense and win a lot of games unless you're absolutely expert at it. So you need to come up with that second wrinkle. And Fort is air raid compared to the, in terms of this area, (laughs) even though they don't throw the ball 50 times a game, it's, it's basically air raid for the Shenandoah district when they throw the ball 15 to 20 times a game. And I I think there's a happy medium there that teams could go to. And and again, I think a lot of it goes to the middle of the field, almost never used in the Shenandoah district. It blows my mind that so many teams will just absolutely ax half of the field for themselves and say, all right, the only time the ball's ever going to be in the middle of the field is if we're handing it off. Like otherwise we're throwing screens or we're throwing go routes. Like it's just, it's mind boggling. I, I don't get it, um, but and we'll that's see what why when we talk about optimism for next year, I'm quick to talk about Fort uh, because we saw them do it this year. But also, I you know, I, I'm, Wilson might be that next team that I'm I'm next most confident, at least offensively, because, because they do they did, do some at of the that. end of the season. Yeah. They're working that middle of the field, the mid range passing game, and it's opening up their offense. And they were better than that's why they beat Stewart Trap late in the season. That's why they beat Stanton in that close game. You know, so like Wilson, I have faith is going to is going to progress there offensively because I like what they did with their young quarterback. They had a strong connection. It, it really reminded me of what we saw at Fort Defiance. So I, I'm eager to see that. Now I'm optimistic and I'll, I'll give you the why every team should be better next year. There's there's some talent out at Waynesboro. I saw it in the last time of the season. You know, Stanton, I there's talent on the field. They they got to work out the offense there. We've talked about Stewart Traft and Buffalo Gap. I sit here and talk about how each one's going to get better. Someone's going to go one and nine next year. And, and it's, it, it, you gotta be, you gotta work harder than the other teams not to be that one and nine. And, uh, or, or you're going to wind up back there. Buffalo. Well, Waynesboro is another team, right? Dip to that Stewart's draft. Yeah. Waynesboro is another team. I know it didn't result in wins and losses necessarily for them, but they were getting better they as the year went on better. because they Absolutely. go to the middle of the field and those kids are young. They're going to get better. And when that quarterback's making those decisions over the middle of the field, hint, hint, this is yeah. kind of teaching your quarterbacks how to be quarterbacks. And this is how they improve and not regress. You you go over the middle, you give them successful situations, allow them to learn from mistakes and don't have that guy, Buffalo Gap, over the, his shoulder saying, if you make a mistake, we're going to take him out and bring this other guy in. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. That That's the lesson here. You got it. I'm with you. You got to pick one. The other guy, if he's a great athlete, great. Put him somewhere else on the field and use him as a weapon. You can do that. You can use him in the occasional trick play, but it can't be like this rotation thing. It can't be uh, if you make too many mistakes, we're going to we're breathing down your neck. We're going to pull them. Not saying you can't, you know, if it's just not working out, you can't make a switch, but it can't be this in, in the, the middle of the quarter, game. Let's avoid that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Switching stuff in the middle of games and week to week. We don't know who's going to be our quarterback like that. You got to kind of pick one there. And, yeah. and again, I just, I don't They've know. They've done that in the past at gap. Cause I know it's usually drama when they do, because yeah, I mean, I think twice in the last 10 years, the kid that wasn't kind of the chosen one didn't play football. And that's not a great thing. So manage that situation, Buffalo Gap. Keep your kids on the team, but pick a quarterback and let's go. So kind of to wrap up the high school football there uh, locally, there's a point or two I want to make on a bigger note. Uh, Region 2B, Clark County comes to Riverheads. Radio will be there Friday night. I think Joe's going to be there and with Chip and I, and uh, we'll call that game. 
the winner of that game will play the winner of the Strasburg Central rematch that's happening up the road. So that's 2B. 3C is interesting. I uh, just want to mention it that Spotswood and TA both won. Uh, a lot of people were down on TA after losing in the season finale that they'd lose to Heritage because they play in such a harder district. TA took it and uh, made it happen because they're very talented. Uh, so Spotswood's got to go back to TA and, and try to do it again. The winner of that game will play the winner of Rustburg and LCA, who has the best players the East Coast, East Coast can provide. Um, yeah. Rustburg knocked out Allegheny in a very, probably one of the best games in this side of the state. Uh, I thought that was going to be an interesting game. game. I would have picked Allegheny, but I, I thought that was going to be yeah. a good game. It was. I mean, Allegheny was winning until late. It was, it, yeah, it was great. Um, the only other high school thing I really wanted to point out was Phoebus. 104 to nothing over Jamestown. Is like, it does that. Is, Phoebus's younger brother, the coach of Jamestown or what? There's no respect in that. They were scoring on long pass plays with under two minutes left in that ball game. I just, I hate to see a score like that. And uh, no one at Riverheads, I was calling the game Riverheads, and no one as they were approaching 70, I was like, you know, Riverheads doesn't aim to go over 70 on people here. Like they don't, they really try to avoid that if at all possible. Um, to see 104 come in, just, oof, that's, that's tough. It does make me wonder what was if there's bad blood yeah. there, because yeah. uh, it is very rare that you do that to a team. Yeah, they made their point. That's that's for sure. But oh, for sure, Phoebus might have made a point about themselves in the same way. Um, all right, volleyball. We've lost our teams. Fort Defiance uh, did fall in the region final up at Central on Tuesday night. Unlike we predicted, uh, they won the first game, but then uh, lost three in a row after that. So they had to travel for the state semifinals. They went down to Bruton and they got swept out of the playoffs there. So a great season for Fort, you know, sweeping through the district, basically. I think they lost one set in the entire district uh, play. And so they stay at that top level spot. But knowing Fort Defiance, knowing their standard and what they're wanting to do, they're going to look at this year as, as a kind of a stepping stone and hopefully, you know, build on stepping up next year. They do have uh frizzell girl coming back next year she's a top level player she's a, a next level uh volleyball player uh they'll lose i mean it's high school they're gonna lose some seniors that they depend on but they got a lot of talent coming back and uh so we'll see what they're able to do uh going into next year yeah it's a bummer that we yeah. have lost our teams but fort with the state playoff run in 2b um you like their chances while they're in class two to improve on that so yeah um uh, I think that's good news for Fort and hopefully Fort's success helps, you know, helps the district raise up and um, some of the good seasons we saw out of our class three teams. Hopefully they're able to build on that. Absolutely. Cross country. We have a state champion. Awesome to see that Fort's Abby Lane won for the girls race. She came in first. She is state champion individual right there. So absolutely awesome to see that. Honestly, I, I don't think there was the expectation for her to be the state champion coming out of that. I, you know, she was, she's been a great finisher all year and great in the district. Um, but, you know, how things laid out in the region and, and people's times from around the state, you know, it wasn't coming in. Oh, this is Abby Lane's race to win. Uh, but she went out there and took it. And uh, I love some of her quotes in the paper uh, for the DNR after it, talking about how it felt long, the course was tough and the, it felt long and she just wanted it to end and everything was hurting. I, I don't know. It made me want it. I have a little runner in my house. It made me want to have her talk to her because uh, 
she fought through it and she came out on top and, and ran her base best race when it mattered the most. So uh, congratulations to Abby Lane. We love uh, state champions here in the County. Yeah, it was awesome for her. And the 14 finished third in the state, yeah. which is great yeah. on the girls side. I know the guys finished, I think ninth, um, yeah. but still solid performance there. Parker Blosser finished eighth in the individual uh, yeah. race that he which ran. Which is great. Which is great. It, yeah. You get overshadowed with a state champion on the yeah. other side, but no, Parker eighth is great too. So, uh, college football Saturday was, uh, well, it, it was good. If you were in the, I was going to say, you better not be negative about it. We were in the same room for it. So in the state of Virginia. Yeah. If you were in the state of Virginia <laughs> and your team played on Saturday, it was a good night. Um, UVA, unfortunately, that's uh, why our betting didn't go well. Cause we can't bet the state of Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Vir- Georgia tech kind of romped up UVA a little bit. And I, again, I think this starts to be a problem for UVA and their hopes of building something there. This is not a good season. Um, JMU. I, I, I think we got to cut to the most, the biggest news though, that JMU won again and game day's coming and the mm-hmm. whole world is going to be talking about JMU this week. And it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I, I'm pumped about it. Uh, they, they kind of started slow against UConn, but then they kicked it into high gear, ended up winning that game comfortably. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, then later that night, it's announced that their game day is coming for the third time in Harrisonburg. Uh, so that's awesome. It's the first time since being an FBS program. You do wonder how much of this maybe applies more pressure to the NCAA, which has officially not released a statement regarding the appeal, other than acknowledging they received the letter from <laughs> the JMU <worked>. and the <laughs> sa- yeah, for, and the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, hats off to the U.S. Postal Service. Um, hey, I'm, I'm I'm in my real job. I actually am battling the U.S. Postal Service some weeks, so I, I actually yeah. appreciate a good message of "Hey, I received the mail that was sent." That's, that's I mean, helpful. in <laughs> in fairness, even if the Postal Service had failed, it was all over social media. I'm sure somebody yeah. from the NCAA would have seen it. Um, but you do wonder. You do <laughs> you might wonder if the NCAA is plugged in to even. Know. <laughs> you do wonder with the fact that College Game Day is going to be there if that yeah. does add some pressure, or they face you know a three hour public shaming uh yeah. on one of the biggest shows on saturday morning in the country so that the biggest the biggest it, it's a problem for them um but Love it's it. good for jmu I, they're 10 and 0 um the sunbelt has said if they're approved to be bowl eligible then they will be allowed in the yeah. sunbelt championship game which you gotta like their odds of getting there at this point um but the other thing to focus on if you're jmu you can't worry about the appeal. You can't even worry about game day or the Jonas brothers or whoever. Oh, the players. Yeah. The team itself can. It, no, yeah, Appy right. state is going to, it, it's not a great year for Appy state, but it's still a team that you don't want to take lightly. You got to come in, you got to thump them. And, and that's a rival, even though you're not, yeah. you know, haven't played every single year forever. And all, you've played enough times. That's a and they're close it's games. They're yeah. close games. JMU, uh, came back during my freshman year was down 21 and a half time came back beat Appalachian state. That was when both teams were still in the FCS. And then, um, that was in Harrisonburg. And then there's a lot of close games, both in Harrisonburg and in Boone last year, JMU had a big lead. Appy state came back, almost won the game or no, I'm sorry. That was the other way around. I think Appy state had a big lead and then JMU came back and beat him again. Yeah. Um, in Boone. So yeah, it's going to be a tough game. You don't want to spot Appy state 21 points or whatever. Uh, no. you, you want to come out, send a message to the country that you're for real slam Appy state to the turf, blow them out, get to 11 and zero. I mean, 21 and 18, depending on which poll you look at, that's awesome for JMU. And, you know, we were talking about it 
you mentioned it. We were in the same room when that was announced. And I, I started, that was like the first time I started to let myself believe maybe the NCAA is going to change their mind on this because they were oddly silent outside of, we got the letter. Normally it has been, we got the letter and the answer is no. Um, they said, we got the letter and then game day is announced. And I'm like, "Mm." look, stars are aligning. Could ESPN (laughs) have said to the NCAA, let's build the tension. Let's get you an easy PR win. Come on college game day and announce that they're eligible in front of their fans. Get a big crowd pop. They'll be chanting NCAA. (laughs) Something you've never heard before. Like, I don't know. Which Jonas brother do you think will do the announcement? It's got to be Joe Jonas, right? (laughs) It's got to be Joe Jonas, right? Like, he's the most famous one, I think. And with a name like Joe, you know he's great. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh but, I think I think it's brewing. I think it. I, I agree. I think I've been so focused, like you, that it's not going to happen. Let's focus on the bowl. Uh, yeah, who's yeah. Got to lose and all that. I, it's starting to feel like the tides are turning and, and momentum's there. I just. I don't. But here's I, the other thing: JMU has done what they're supposed to do. Yes, they appealed twice already in the off season, like they're supposed to, and they didn't. This is the last ditch effort. I get it, but like, I don't see what's wrong with this way. I like this way a whole lot better than I like lawsuits and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think the lawsuits are a waste of time. Lawsuits are a waste of time. This is the way to handle it. Um, Yes. But part of that, too, allowing myself to believe that maybe the NCAA is going to change their mind. For the first time, I thought, I was like, man, if they do change their mind, now JMU is in line for a New Year's Six Bowl. And I said it. I said it to you. I, I never thought I would see the day where JMU would be no. playing in a New Year's. And Six this will be moment one that they would be an opportunity to. Yeah, know? maybe the biggest, maybe the biggest impact in human history, JMU being in a New Year's Six Bowl that I can think of in this country's history. Um, <laughs> so not, not just Joe's life, not just for Harrisburg. Yeah, just in the for history. the country, for the country, in the history of the world. I mean, look, yeah, Romans <laughs> invented indoor plumbing or whatever, but did they go to a New Year's Six Bowl? No. My recommendation, my what should dominate your life is, is if you haven't been in Harrisonburg for one of these game days, if you never experienced a game day, oh, else what a country, game day to experience. Go. If you're local, go. Just go. It's fun. It's awesome it, to see the TV show working. It's fun. If you're not going to go to the game, the game doesn't start till two. You'll have time to come back home before then. You'll have yeah. time to get to whatever game you want to watch. Uh, later so go for the morning show up early you got to get up real early and go there and yeah you might not be front row with your sign but you'll still see what's going on it's the atmosphere it's an all morning thing go have fun have a great time know who's at jmu that you can tailgate with on your way out if you're not sticking for the game i know getting tickets right now is about impossible we were lucky i'm planning on going to the game uh but i know that's not available for everybody so but go to game day. It's free. There ain't no tickets. It's on the quad. It's awesome. It looks cool. And I mean, and the crowd's so good there for this. I mean, they you listen to these guys on game day and they talk about the best crowds they ever seen. They don't make it through that conversation going around that table without JMU getting mentioned. So it yeah. is up there with anybody. When you talk about Bama, I think I take a lot of pride in how Virginia Tech looks on game day. JMU right in that conversation with all of them. So it's one of the best atmospheres you can go for these pregame shows. Go do it. If you're local, just go be there. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. I, I got, I was fortunate enough to go to the first one. Um, to both. I did not go to the second year because I'd been to the first one. And I was like, I don't know. It's just going to be hard to get to the second one. Uh, I won't be at this one either, unfortunately. I got commitments at VCU. Um, 
I but, had a kid on my shoulders last time for number two. I'm yeah. not doing that this time. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be. Well, and I will say, like, as you said, get there early. Get there early if it's regular game day. You what, Even if you're a game day veteran, you're like, I know what early means. Probably not for this one because it's you got to factor in the Jonas Brothers are going to be there, too. So it's not just college football fans that are going to show up. You're going to have a lot of Jonas Brother fans show up, too. And it's going to be that place is going to be a zoo. I am a little bit worried about Harrisonburg's infrastructure handling that. But not my problem. Not yeah. your problem. If you're if you're planning on going, not your problem. You just got to get there early so it yeah. so you're not late because as Lee said, it's takes. a super cool. I'll be there. It's I'll a super cool it. experience. Um, and hopefully JMU wins and wins handily against Appy State. And uh, we're looking at the New Year's Six possibility. If they win this game, I think that does lock up. Uh, if if they become eligible, if they win this game, they would lock up their spot in the Sun Belt Championship game. So yeah, that'd be good. Which is good. All right. Um, the uh, the other exciting one was Virginia Tech. They won this weekend. Uh, they looked great looking uh, against BC. So I think we just established in these last two losses, Florida State and Louisville. We're not up there yet. Yep. But we're not on the bottom anymore, and we're we're building our way up, and we're making the strides in the right areas. Uh, we went into this game feeling like we should win it, and and boy did we, and we and we came out and looked good. So I, I like how we're looking. Uh, there's all the math out there that shows that somehow. If Miami beats Louisville, everybody's tied, and other people win out, there's a chance Virginia Tech can still make the ACC championship. I just was in an argument with my fifty with my Virginia Tech friends. I don't really want that. I don't. <laughs> I want a bowl game. I want positive the rest of the year. That feeling I had a week ago against Louisville, I don't want that again this season. So let's let us us win. Let's beat NC State this week and secure that bowl uh, spot, and then and hopefully we're not stealing one from JMU. Hopefully JMU will be in it anyway. And then let's go take care of UVA. And then let's have a nice, happy bowl and not have a monster blowout from Florida State in between. So that's kind of my hope. I know it seems weird to say it that way, but I'm fine with Louisville just going. I think Louisville, it's, I'm just fine. I'm fine with, if Louisville can just beat Miami and go, that's fine. I'm not, I just don't want to have that feeling on that first Saturday of December that I had last week against Louisville. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if you're Virginia Tech and getting the ACC championship, you're not going to bat your nose at it. Um, I'm not going to deny the opportunity. I just, right. I'm just, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I also, as I said to you, like get your head out of your rear end. I think with the injury that happened to Miami's quarterback during the Florida State game, they're not going to beat Louisville. Um, So they're, they're not going to beat Louisville. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. But for Virginia Tech, as you said, they're not at the top of the ACC, but they're not the bottom of the ACC. I think they're, firmly in the middle, um, and hopefully they build on that. I, I also think we learned very quickly that um, there was a brief reminder that uh, why Drones is the starting quarterback once the backups came in. Grant Well has that long run down the sideline, and the ball gets punched out and goes through the back of the end zone for a touchback, and we don't hit 50. Um, and I, I just laughed, and I was like, that's that's why he doesn't start anymore. Like, yeah. that right there. That, that they ju- Anytime he's like, Coach, uh, I think I've been working really hard in practice. Do you think I could start? They just show him that play and be like, no, this is why. And we went like over some like 500 yards offense on that play or whatever. And it was just the roller coaster of like the most yards and forever. Oh, and we just fumbled through the end zone. <laughs> it was so sad. Oh, yeah. Let's keep him off the field. And uh, yeah, we got NC State this week. Let's just go win this. I, I don't want the pressure in Charlottesville of making a bowl or not. I know we've done well with that in the past. And in, Be- in Beamer's late years, we were more years in that kind of position yeah. or not. Yeah. And we came out on top every time. 
I want to avoid that. I'd like to go over to Charlottesville and just enjoy uh, Virginia Tech beatdown without that pressure. But uh, it's going to start with NC State this week. And so I think it's a winnable game, but let's we got it at home. It's not on the road. So let's take care of business, guys. Yeah, vintage Hokies if we don't, and we have to go play UVA with a bowl yeah. game on the line. <laughs> you mentioned the Miami kid, and we were watching that game when it happened. I, Miami loses to Florida State, but they were in it, and they were trying. And that kid – didn't care about his body. He no. dove for a first down, stuck his arm out, and he got Drew breezed. And we'll see if that kid's able to play college football again. It was nasty, but he's a freshman, so that's the good credit news. to that kid for yeah. doing that. Well, and if he doesn't a, do that, they don't get the first down, right? He, and the game's and, over and he, there. He knew it. He knew it when he was running. He yeah, knew what he was doing. It's just heartbreaking he to see. Yeah, yeah. It was heartbreaking to see. They were in that game against Florida State. They had a shot. They they just didn't pull it off and. Now, uh, for Miami, it's, you know, back to Tyler Van Dyke, and we'll see what happens there for the Canes. But uh, what surprised me from the weekend, though, Leland, was just Oklahoma State. This team that is – and this yeah. goes back to um, kind of one of my points of being annoyed and, and just how conference narratives get made. With Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 this year, when somebody – is gaining traction and upsetting the Oklahoma's and playing Texas is tough and stuff like that. It's, Oh, the big 12 is more deep than we thought when someone in the ACC gets upset. It's oh, see the ACC sucks. No one's good. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like the ACC and non-conference games is pretty good, pretty good this year against the power five. So I don't know. Maybe that's actually not the narrative. And yeah. uh, Oklahoma state comes out and they get thumped by UCF who hadn't won a big 12 game all year. UCF, absolutely sucked they were terrible and they came out and they dog walked oklahoma state that was a brutal beatdown of oklahoma state honestly so bad that i think you think about firing mike gundy i don't know if you do it but you think about it uh yeah think about firing him maybe team that did fire their coach jimbo fisher on sunday oh. they fired jimbo fisher they got to pay him 70 more than 75 million dollars like 75 to 88 i've seen different numbers it's in there somewhere i mean that's someone from virginia tech said they put out Virginia tech put a statement last year saying how much it was going to cost for them to remodel castle coliseum the way they want and the price was like 75 million dollars jimbo fisher is guaranteed that 75 million there's no offset there's no nothing he is going to get that money for the rest of the period of that contract and he can go take another job tomorrow, a high paying job, and he'll get that money on top of that money. So yeah, um, that's the, that's the interesting part, right? Cause uh, yeah. this is on front office sports. They tweeted it. Um, Jimbo Fisher is set to get a full record buyout of $76.8 million, nearly four times the old record. The total cost could be up to $150 million. And there is no offset for Texas A&M if Jimbo Fisher yeah were to obtain employment elsewhere. That is brutal. Jimbo Fisher's agent is a genius. That oh, man, yeah. that man should be the agent of any top college football coach after this because wowzers. And Texas A&M, look, I know they think they have more money than God, and I guess we're about to find out because oof, I I just don't know how much money you got left in the coffers when when you got that buyout looming. I I just don't know who you go get. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, they said Echo. He was out there before. Uh, the guy at Duke that's doing so great. Mike Elko. That's like the number one Elko. name. Yeah. That's the number one name getting thrown out. So I believe it. 
Uh, but there's other guys. Dion, what do you say? <laughs> wow, that what a shift Anybody that would firing be. Firing their coach for eighty million dollars, Dion's going to oh. come up in, in the answer to that. Oh, could you imagine Weird. one year at Colorado and then he bolts? <laughs> All those kids going to transfer. That would be something. <laughs> that would be something. Um. The betting went your way again. You're on a nice little run here. You got six points on the week. I just can't remember what teams you had. You got five points because your team did cover, but they didn't win. So you just get the five. Colorado. Uh, who was that was, that was Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then who was your lock? The lock was Michigan against Penn State because yeah. Penn State yep. sucks. Yeah. I and saw that was my I saw coming. Oh, can we go back to that for a second? Because that is what I saw coming. I saw Michigan winning that game. And then Jim Harbaugh gets suspended. I was like, Michigan's fine. And what then, I didn't see was post guy, post game guy crying. Yeah, I didn't see that. That was died. ridiculous. We're we're all giving Caleb Williams grief for crying after he loses to Washington. Can we give that guy grief because he's crying, saying, "I did this for you, Jim Harbaugh." Like, get I over gave yourself. Praise to Caleb Williams for having a real moment. I am giving Jeez. grief to this guy. I'm with the that. Looked fake, guy. by the way. It looked fake to me. I'm not even sure those tears are real. And if they are, I'm even more embarrassed for that guy. Like, grow up. The guy yeah. cheated. The guy, oh, man, we did this for you. You cheated on this. And for all the people saying it doesn't matter, they would have won those games anyway. Okay, explain the Michigan State losses in Jim Harbaugh's career. When Michigan State's not even going to bowl games, but they're beating Michigan. Explain the inexplicable bad losses on Jim Harbaugh's record and resume before the sign stealing. Explain how TCU, who learned of your sign stealing, then had dummy calls and jumped all over you in the first half. If it doesn't matter... One, why are you spending so much money to do it? And two, why are those things just facts that you can't talk away? Why, when you can have people in the stands or go unnoticed, if things are working better, and then there's a COVID year where you can't have anybody in the stands. Yeah, and all of a sudden. And it's, then when you're back in the stands, everything's working great again. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. And also, like, the Big Ten needs to grow up. Like, we're suspending him for three games, but he can be in the booth. What? How does that even matter then? Also, if if this doesn't get you banned from the college football playoff, nothing will. And I am a firm <laughs> believer that programs do not care about vacated titles. Because guess what? That trophy's still there. The banner's still up there. Everyone, all the fans still recognize it. So if the, if the Big Ten and the NCAA aren't going to make an example out of Michigan and say you can't go to the playoff, I, I don't know why any program wouldn't start doing this. Yeah, I agree. Um, my lock was Okie state that lost BYU as my dog. They cost me in other ways as well. Uh, I don't have picks yet because all the picks on my go-to way of looking up bets wasn't completed yet. So I say we tweet them this week. We're, we're recording earlier than usual. I we are a moment. because of, uh, Busy schedules. Because of busy schedules. Yeah, you got stuff going on. I've so got let's, stuff going on. So let's on Wednesday or so, we'll send a tweet out, and uh, that's what it's going to be. Is so. that what it's going to be? Because I think I've got some here. Yeah. I am nowhere prepared, and I don't want to waste our listeners' time by not talking about it. So Okay. Okay. College, fo- college basketball got started. We didn't really preview it last week. We had a lot going on. Um, I'm sure we'll dig in. Uh, but – already highlights for the season with uh, let's start where uh, we left off the, or where we started the JMU uh, football conversation, JMU, the biggest story college basketball week one, they go to Michigan state while we're recording last week. 
And uh, I think we had given up on it at some point during the game. And then, no, they won. And I think you heard us uh, very distractedly watching that game, excited about it. But coming out of it, just a huge win for JMU. And uh, then to follow that up without falling on their face, to go to Kent State, a place that had won countless home playoff, uh, home college basketball games in a row, and they got a victory there and had to do it dramatically by basically stealing it at the end of regulation, then winning in overtime. JMU off to a great start in basketball. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I don't think there's going to be any overtime heroics against Howard. Um, they're They're kind of up big right now as we're recording. Um, but don't worry, folks, we're not going to start doing that again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's 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 gone about as good as they could have hoped. I mean, they upset Michigan State, then they're down and seemingly an impossible situation. Come back, send it into double overtime against Kent State, end up winning that game in double overtime. Um, and hats off to the Dukes. I mean, they're playing well. The, the women kind of had an upsetting loss against Toledo, yeah. but they're still probably going to be fine. Toledo's a tournament team from last year and is yeah. a really good program. So I don't that. read too much into that. Yeah. Uh, I think no. JMU basketball men and women will be probably be pretty good this year and should be Sunbelt favorites. On the, on the Virginia tech side of things, the girls were in a you know, marquee game last Thursday night against Iowa and uh, Caitlin Clark and, and you know, the best player in the country. And uh, Virginia tech stayed right in that thing. They battled the whole way. Georgia Moore looked great in that game. Late in the game, we went to Kitley a lot, and she did well. Uh, so we saw what we can do against top-level com- uh, competition, and Virginia Tech was right there. And so I'm excited about that. I know a lot of fans were yelling about the referee, and I'm not saying I didn't feel that way at the time, but in, in the end, everything dust settles. We belonged in that game, and and we we weren't, um, you know, just blown out. We we didn't look like it was too big for us or anything. We were battling. We were making shots. Uh, big shots at the end to put us back to one score and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to our opportunity against LSU at the end of November. And, and hopefully we can do what it takes throughout the season to, to set ourselves up well in March. So we can have a, a road to uh, back to the final four. Where we were last season. So I don't think that's asking too much. This is where Joe last, I said this last year to Joe in March and I was told how stupid I was. He's not saying I'm stupid now because he saw the same thing I saw Thursday and us belong on the court with top-level Iowa. Yeah, that, and that's the difference, right? I hadn't seen Virginia Tech kind of compete with that top, I top believed level. in Kenny. That was, that was the that's difference. That's fine, and, and you were right. You ended up being right, and that's fine. Um, there was another instance more recently where I told you you were dead wrong and I was right. Uh, we say that's stuff fine. crazy every week. Um, <laughs> That's true. If you do this podcast, if you do podcasts long enough, you're eventually going to say something where you sound you stupid. Say, you're wrong, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but UVA to to talk about the other in-state program that we talk about a lot. UVA beat Florida in a tight game. Uh, this is another example of like I think UVA is going to be kind of what we're used to seeing from UVA. They're gonna they're gonna have spurts where they just don't score, and you're gonna be wondering how is this basketball team going to win an ACC title? And then they're going to play dominating defense, and then they'll have their moments where they do score. Beekman's a really good player. They're going to yeah. be fine. I, I think they absolutely could win the ACC. We saw Duke yeah. lose to Arizona. I saw that one coming, but um, the odds makers did not, which was great. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I think Duke is going to be up there. It's going to be UVA. We'll see about Virginia Tech. I still have my reservations about them inside competing for an ACC championship per se, but I do think they're going to be hey. in, they're going to be in the running for a tournament bid. Yeah, I think I, tournaments. What I'm hoping for them, uh, the, winning the ACC title was great when we did that, but I, it's not the plan. Yeah. Um, 
Hey, Nickel, though, we've talked all about it a, yeah. lot, a lot about him, local kid. He the, He's in there. He's playing a lot. They were looking for him at the end of that game mm-hmm. against South Carolina. So uh, that's fun to see local kid there, and he's playing well. So I, I like that. I think more local kids need to go to local places. Uh, NFL, I, we're recording during uh, Sunday afternoon here, so we're not going to have all the results here. I was happy my Steelers won. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I bet uh, every time I bet on the Steelers this year, they've won. I didn't bet this week because I just didn't trust two bad teams. Uh, and Green Bay just might be a little bit worse than I thought they were. We just steal games. That's what we do. And uh, it's going to dry up at some point. I don't plan on making the playoffs, but I'll take every win we can get between now and then. I will which say is not smart, which is not smart. We should tank the season so we can get a good draft pick. We're just going to, we we live in this eight and eight world where we can't get a good draft pick, but we're not a good seat in the playoffs. It's and, and Rob Stenzel credit to him. He's said it for as long as I've known him. He's made statements like this and that's what we are. We're not good. So there's no benefit to not losing, but yeah, there's I no like benefit to being average. Losing. There's no benefit to being average. You want to be yeah. good or you want to be bad there. You don't want to be oh, average, and, but we suck. We're bad, but we, win averagely. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think you guys might squeak into the playoffs. It's starting to become a possibility just yeah. because you're starting to get to that point of the season where you've but got a lot of wins. <laughs> you've got a lot of wins and you just look at the schedule and you're like, mm, I don't know, like maybe, yeah. um, the Ravens found a way to lose this week, which was amazing considering they were that. up by 14 in the fourth quarter. Um, and I had this conversation with my buddy on the, on the drive back, which is why I was a little late texting you. A reply about how wrong you were that the Steelers were the only team in the AFC North to win this week. Um, and they got beat by an AFC North team. But yeah. the two teams I respect in the AFC North lost. So that's good. But I, I told him, I was like, if we didn't have to play our division, we would be great. Like, if we play a team outside the division, it doesn't matter how good they are. We might, we're probably going to win that game. But as soon as we come in the division, it's just like, mm, I don't know. And it's always way closer than it needs to be, or we even lose. And I'm just like, what is happening? Now, that being said, we did kick the pee out of the Bengals this year, which is fun. Hopefully we do that again. But I just, I don't know. I, the Steelers and Browns are both teams that we should absolutely destroy when we step on the field with them, but we don't. I don't know what the problem is there, but hopefully we get it figured out. And hopefully uh, some of these teams in the AFC North, not named the Ravens, start losing. So we don't have three or four AFC North teams in the playoffs because then we're probably going to have to face one of those division teams that we struggle against in the playoffs, and I don't want that. I'd rather play the Chiefs. That sounds crazy. I hear it. I'd rather play the Chiefs than the Steelers, Browns, or Bengals in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, that does sound crazy, but I I get it from being in that division. I'm not actually judging you for that. I I, I get what you're saying. I Um, I also will say the game is going on while we're recording it, but the the Cowboys did beat the Giants. I don't know what the final score is going to be, but the Cowboys did beat the Giants. Yeah, what's the Sunday night game? Jets, Raiders? America lost in that game. What's Monday night? Oh, my goodness. Uh, The Bills play somebody. The Broncos? Ooh. Okay, well, I'm done with NFL for the weekend, so that's good. Good thing I'm traveling. Bengals, Ravens, Thursday. (laughs) Ouch. I don't love this. I already don't love this. You got Ravens, uh you said Bengals? Ravens, Bengals, Thursday. I'm already going to hate. Hey, like, this is going to ruin my week. Gonna, this is going to ruin. Gonna, it's going to ruin my weekend before it even starts. People are going to tune in to uh, Amazon. Just those things. That's, that's a game. That's a game. I hate it. All right. So what, uh, other than traveling, and maybe maybe your answer earlier is traveling, but going up and down the road to Richmond, you know, three times a week, uh, what's dominating your life right now? 
uh, you know what? I won't talk about traveling, although I did do a lot of it because I talked about it last week. Um, I got into uh, Netflix and watched the movie Whiplash. I was talking to you about it. Um, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller are the main guys in that film. It's a very interesting film. Um, It is intense. J.K. Simmons does not play a hero, um, but like other movies where it's not necessarily the hero, I did find myself just... It's not the intention of the movie. You're supposed to hate J.K. Simmons' character because he's an absolute bully and he's totally over-the-top mean to Miles Teller and all of his musicians in his jazz band. But there were times where I was just like, oh, like, and I just found myself like, I'm not supposed to like this guy, but yeah, that was, that was a line. (laughs) That was a line. It's entertaining. (laughs) The most entertaining parts of the movie were when he was in it. Like I didn't care for like watching Miles Teller play the drums and practice the drums till his hands started bleeding. I was like, or his girlfriend situation. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That was the other thing. The guy I'm supposed to root for is just totally self-sabotaging. The dinner scene was funny though. Like that was, and again, I don't know what that says about me where I'm like laughing when these people are at their worst, maybe, but (laughs) I was like, when he's, when he looks at his brother, he's like, you're D (laughs) three or maybe it wasn't his brother. Maybe it was his cousin or whatever. He's like, you're D3. And I just laughed. I was like, what a great insult. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't mean that as an insult to D3 players. I think, it, look, I'm not a D3 athlete. I could never. The way that movie set athlete. that comment up, it was funny. Yes. yes no. The way it was set up yeah. was funny because everyone is totally ignoring him and his accomplishment. And because they don't get it, they don't understand it. Um, which I think, honestly, like in terms of musicians, I think there is probably Accurate. a large accuracy yeah. to that kind of feeling for musicians and their family. Like people just don't no, like, I, like, oh, I, are you are you going to get a job with that? No, uh, maybe. Who knows? Like, oh, OK. Well, then who cares? And yeah. they move on because they don't understand it. Whereas but like sports not getting a job as from a D3, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like there's an equivalent level there that's yeah. getting ignored. And um. No, I, I feel that, you know, my mom being in the ballet business and, and producing very talented uh, kids doing ballet and my niece being one of them and, you know, talking to people, I kind of always have to relate it to sports terms. And and lucky my niece is very talented and she's at an audition today down in North Carolina for big things on the West Coast. And uh, she's already accepted this Kennedy, Kennedy Center thing. It's big stuff. There's just no you don't know what that equivalates to in sports and what people hear and see on sports center in the newspaper every day. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it is hard to explain that stuff because the stuff with the arts just operates differently, but it is just as competitive and probably it, it isn't any easier. No, <laughs> it's, it's like really not. And I think that's the part to be good in these arts. Yeah. And, and it, and the, the hit rate, the success rate is so minimal, just the same as it is in football. I mean, people destroy themselves training for wrestling and football and all that. And just the, the success rate is so low and so it's it's all the same it's just explaining it to people's hard yeah and i think that's the part that's probably hard to understand and i know you with your mom working in the arts and you kind of getting to see that up close and personal i was in marching band so and i didn't yeah. do marching band in college because i knew i was like i just i'm not gonna have that level i'm not gonna put in the work that is necessary yeah, to it make it a lot at that to level. be a marching royal dude yeah. it does and, and or any marching band in college really yeah. but yeah, yeah especially yeah. at jmu where or, you went <laughs> or yeah, where they're where they're winning competitions and they're expecting to do great things when they're on the road and going in th- Macy's Thanksgiving parades and stuff like that. Like it's and that's why I have a respect. And that's why like 
folks maybe laugh when they listen on ESPN 1240 and we're talking about Fort's band or, you know, Agreed. on this podcast, we're talking about Fort's band right now or whatever. Like, I, I have a genuine appreciation for the work that those kids are putting in, especially in Augusta County, because where I grew up in Frederick County, it was a lot easier to be in band. It, it just was. We weren't staying after school to do it. Um, it was part of the school day. It was built into the schedule that we were allowed yeah. to do that. Uh, I wish Augusta County cared about the arts more because I think in terms of post-school life, uh, there is maybe more that you could get out of that than some other stuff. Um, but, uh, and that's, I don't want to downplay education either, but I, I, I don't know. It, it seems that our school board meetings were not, we're not focused on what these kids are learning at those meetings. Very yeah, often, but so. I think, I think I would say the arts probably isn't being embraced in those houses either. Um, to be yeah, fair. It's a shame. It's a shame. Because I think and I made the joke Saturday in the room with uh, you and, and uh, Steve that has been on this podcast before. Um, and it definitely has an appreciation for the arts as well. That it's it's funny and sad to think like because I think it was Alabama's sound was on during the game as they're beating Kentucky and they're playing a song from Phantom of the Opera as their defense is trying to make a third down stand. And I'm like it's kind of funny and sad to realize like that's probably the the most musical music that these people will ever hear is from the college marching band that they're probably not even paying attention to. <laughs> like and and it goes to say like I I wish people would appreciate the arts more because it is. It's extremely difficult. It's a lot of hard work and it does go Absolutely. unrewarded yeah. in terms of financial abilities a lot and, and i mean yeah. look it, that's not new i'm not i'm not saying this is a problem of today's society it's not new is bach uh or beethoven uh probably both died penniless yeah yeah and and, and poor like well, you think of all the great music they wrote yeah you think of all the great music they wrote and they died penniless and poor and it's like yeah damn um and then yeah. you have like you know same thing with art painting artists you go to the you read, sure. you read the stuff when you go to the Smithsonian Art Museum and it, like it just National Gallery of Art and you see all this and it, it's not like they live. You, you'd expect yeah, they don't live be, ex extravagant yeah. lives. No, they're, they're they're just hanging out at this little diner and cutting their ears off in the back room. And yeah, stuff, that's you know, like, Vincent Van Gogh <laughs> doing weird stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> I also get like when you look at some of the history, you're like, that guy's kind of weird. You kind of have to be. And I, I don't mean that in a negative yeah. light. And I'm not if you don't think you are weird, I'm not telling you don't pursue music if that's a dream of yours I, I think it's important um but that's a long way of saying i watched that movie but then some of the one-liners <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of the one-liners in that movie also <laughs> brought me back to veep which is just yeah. again not a family show but the one-liners in that show are just classic i mean yeah. gold uh I'm like trying to watch it as I'm falling asleep. I'm like laying down, just listening to the TV and I end up waking up because I hear a line and I just like laugh out loud. Like I just yeah. couldn't help it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm wheezing. I'm laughing that hard. Cause I'm like, gosh, What's so who great thinks about of the too? writing? You, you watch certain shows or movies and you know, they had like a scenario or maybe even a line or a little bit of dialogue you, you get in, in a movie. Yeah. And it's like, they wrote to that Veep. Like they just were so good at writing that like they just came with it. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like the end point. It feels like part of it. And it, it, that's what's so great. That's why that show is better than most is because of that. And I mean, the same thing when you talk about like Seinfeld and stuff, like 
those people at that level, those quality of shows, yeah. like they don't have these things they're getting to. They're just that good at making it that it, it shows up that that level of writing shows up. Um, what's coming in my life is that Christmas has already started at the McCray house. Yeah. I think you were witness to some of that. I actually put some of it away before you guys came over on Saturday <laughs> because it was just craziness. And then you saw it leak out while you were there. Um, but, uh, I finally gave in. I, I used to be, I don't do Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Uh, but then now, you know, four other people in my house <laughs> since then. And, uh, I don't make all those decisions anymore. So at day 45 till Christmas, which was actually Friday morning, I, uh, you know, announced, you know, it's time we can, we can have this. I'm going to stop fighting it. I'm going to stop being the Grinch. Um, and, uh, so the kids are celebrating freely and it's less argumentative as they approach the, uh, Christmas, uh, spirit. And so that's fine. And Christmas movies are playing nonstop. So that's what I'm going to be living in for the next 45 days. I'm going to get tired of those Christmas movies because, we tend to just have them on in the background as we're doing other stuff and, and they play nonstop and we're used to doing that at a later point. And this year is the earliest that we're doing that. So we'll see what we get, but uh, man, that's, that's rough. I, I hate that. I don't, yeah. I'm not listening to Christmas favorite. music before Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Oh yeah. I don't watch yeah. Christmas movies before Thanksgiving because I'm a firm I believer would. in that. I, you know, I made the joke to uh, one of your daughters. It's like, you gotta be thankful. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got the look that I imagine you get when you say something similar. Um. <laughs> Honestly, what made me give in was just I was tired of arguing with my oldest. Like she, me, and her were going at it, and uh, I was tired of that. So I, I'm the one that conceded here, and uh, she won. Well, and so Leland, we'll in a moment we of weakness, has allowed has allowed the people who aren't thankful to win. So that's the lesson I've learned here. I think the inmates are running the asylum. I think that's, <laughs> that's what I've learned here. So uh, we're going to see how this goes. Um, I'm going to do my best. The ra- the music is going to be a slow play here. We have a, what we listen to in the mornings on the way to school. And that's the primary time in the kids with my car in the car with my kids. I'm going to try to keep that constant, at least through Thanksgiving. Cause uh, yeah, those Christmas songs get old quick. I mean, even, even starting they just sometimes second week of December, you're like, all right. Yeah. They just repeat. <laughs> and, and then at a certain point, like you're just listening to the same song, different versions yeah. of it. And some yeah. versions are good. Some versions aren't. And some Christmas and songs, radio when it's like uh, anybody singing some of those good gosh. songs. And it, yeah, I don't need to hear this person singing this. Song. Some yeah. of those songs in general, it doesn't matter who's singing it. Some of those songs just suck. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like I do remember last year we got on Rob's, nerves because he hates the christmas shoes song and we just found all the different versions we could find of that song so they could playlist of them and we made a playlist of it yeah graham graham played uh graham who plays the music on this podcast played a role in that playlist um and yeah it was not rob's favorite day um but yeah i just i don't know i yeah. I, I like Christmas music, but I like Christmas music at Christmas time. And it's not Christmas time. I like time. Christmas at Christmas. And I Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. I know you don't join me on that. But I don't join holiday, you on that. So it really but... bothers me not to get through that first. But but I think that's a I think that's an important lesson here. I, Thanksgiving is not my favorite holiday, but I'm not pushing Christmas ahead of Thanksgiving. I, I yeah. Ugh, I hate that. I hate I that. I like Halloween. And so I I'm not saying don't Christmas shop before <laughs> Thanksgiving. I mean, I need to start Christmas shopping even though I have it. Um, but, yeah, but that's shopping. Yeah, but that's shopping. It's not Christmas. And yeah, I just oh gosh, I yeah. I haven't been in a big department store yet since Halloween, and I'm dreading having to go because it's just going to be like 
Christmas in your face. And yeah, Starbucks starts putting peppermint in the hot chocolates. And I'm like, what is this? This is trash. I don't want this during Christmas time. I surely don't want it right now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, my snowman I that I have, that that's, I don't put up a Christmas tree here because I don't celebrate Christmas here. I, I go other places to celebrate Christmas, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to have decorations. My one decoration is a snowman, a VT snowman that is out all year. I, I just leave it out because I'm like, that's I'm not putting got, this away and bringing it back. In college, and, and if any of my roommates happen to listen to this episode, which is unlikely, uh, I, they'll, they might learn something about me because I didn't speak up about it, but I hated it at, at college. They put up like Christmas lights and stuff. I was like, dude, we're leaving on the 17th. I ain't, I don't care. We're not doing anything. Like I'm not wasting these hours that I have of college life before I have to go home for the holidays or and study for exams too. I'm not wasting that time on putting up Christmas lights in the kitchen. Like, nah, I'm out. Yes. I I agree. It's so dumb. If you're not celebrating Christmas at your dwelling, it's really dumb to hang up Christmas stuff in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you you're dumb for doing it. I'm just telling you I'm not going to be doing it. And shoot them to the moon. No, shoot them to the moon, Joe. No, it's Put not that level. They're not. Take them out of their they're not MLB umpires. They're not MLB umpires. <laughs> they're not Chris Davis. Like, it's not that level. But yeah, that that honestly, that's gonna that would be the hardest part probably for me. Um in a serious relationship around the holidays would be them wanting to get to Christmas before I want to get to Christmas. I could see that being a real problem. I think, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about it this year. A serious relationship. I think there's going to be a lot of moments where you're going to have to, uh, I don't have to worry about it this year. So (laughs) yeah, I guess. And that's where I got to pick my battles. You're going to compromise a lot more than you're used to Joe. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. If you want to keep having that. Yeah, it might be a reason why I'm single. Um, But yeah, I just. Did you hear my story? Yeah. It took five people in this family before I finally gave in. You think the first one that was here didn't want to celebrate sooner than I did? It took the the kids being here. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I would just eventually get to the point where I was like. As long as I could. I think I would just get to the point where I'd be like, well, then I'm not staying. I'm going to go live in a hotel yeah, for a while. Well, I ain't going anywhere, so. <laughs> I got Elf on the TV yeah. right now. I can hear it. Daddy's going to go to VCU this month. See y'all next month. See you in December. <laughs> See you after All Thanksgiving, right. since y'all don't want to celebrate it anyway. But, uh, yeah. But that will, uh, I guess what I know that, oh, we don't have anything. Uh, that... I didn't really have one, so I was moving it. Oh, okay. We got some. No, we don't have anything that I know that you need to know. Well, I, you know what? I lied. Uh, we talked about college game day, and I told you I couldn't be at college game day because of uh, commitments at VCU. I'll be on Masson. So if you have cable, awesome. if you have cable, tune into Masson. What time? Uh, that is uh, that Saturday, November 18th. I got to actually check the time. I have the time I'm supposed to show up, but that's not See, the that's game time. That's my thing about game day as I you know move time while you look this up is I, game day happens in the morning. So like if you cannot go to the football game at two o'clock, you still got time to get back home and watch the end of the noon games. You have time to make watch any game after 3.30 and it's whole. And hopefully Joe's about to say a time where you can turn on Masson and watch show. Two o'clock. See, it works out perfect. If you're not, you, and you can get home and turn that JMU game on as they play after VCU. State, turn on Madison. Because oh, yeah. Joe's, Joe's game's on cable. Yep. JMU game's on ESPN Plus right now. So, hey, 
Yeah, you got. We're working this out. Seattle's coming to town at two o'clock to take on the VCU Rams at the Siegel Center. Um, so they're playing the whole city, um, and hopefully VCU will win at home. And uh, I'll be on, on the call on Masson. If you don't have cable, you can also get it on ESPN Plus. But um, yeah, and it'll Matt be on Masson for those that Rippy, do. No, I think just Adrian the James. I think just the pep band, which by the way is playing some absolute bangers. <laughs> I I don't know how much of that gets through the crowd mics, but. Today they played Mr. Brightside at the soccer game, which they hadn't. Uh, they played it at the women's game in their pregame, and I loved it. Um, but then they played it today during the soccer game. That's awesome. I just I'm a big fan of that song. And then the other one they play a lot that I like is uh, a mashup of Britney Spears' "Toxic" and Genuine's "Pony" called "Toxic Pony." Ooh. Called "Toxic Pony." I've actually heard that mashup on Spotify. It's a certified banger. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. They're, they're, it's cool. Again, going back to the arts, it's all full circle here in the D block. Um, so yeah, listen to music, listen to me, VCU on mass at two o'clock Saturday against Seattle. Uh, listen, listen to both of us Friday night, Friday night football, Riverheads hosting Clark County. We didn't really break down the Clark County game, but that's fine. We'll have time to talk about it for a moment next week before we talk about the big one. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Do we need to talk about it? Like Clark County is going to drive down and they're probably not going to win. And by probably, I mean they definitely won't. But I'll tell you the stat that you want to hear, and then this is this, this is the closing stat of the episode. Uh, Clark County against Central a couple weeks ago, they ran for ninety yards. They had one hundred and four yards total against Strasburg. They actually threw for one twenty five, which is like a hundred yards more than they threw in any other game. Only ran for like eighty. So in the two toughest games they had, they didn't run for crap. So I think I told you that game's not going to be competitive. But we'll see. We'll see. So, well, Leland will spend the week telling you how Clark County could give Riverheads fits. I'll just know <laughs> well, I that. Do. That's what I'm here for. Just know that as you're reading that, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, <laughs> and when you hear it on the GoCho Tailgate Show, even though I won't roll my eyes audibly, well, I might. You might hear <laughs> you the sigh. Hear you roll the eyes you might hear the I, groan I hear and time. the sigh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yeah, I'm not like I'm going to win this game this week. <laughs> Yeah, you want to ask that two more times? Um, but that will do it for us on this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We're probably on there. Just YAC Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. Again, YAC Sports Pod. We're also on Facebook. Or you could email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Tell us where we're right. Tell us where we're wrong. How far is Riverhead's going to go? Uh, and uh, do you appreciate the arts? What's your favorite song that you've heard a band play? Tell us that on Twitter or Facebook or however you want to reach out to us. Until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Axe Sports Podcast. For Lily McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.